0: well, like so many of my stories, when I was a child. But in truth, when I was five years old and I did really wake up to the knowing of the divine within me and began to live more of that into my daily life, even as a child, I thought back then that everybody was doing the same thing. And I approached them with that awareness and that attitude that everybody is the same, which is loving, which is soul, which is of God. And I approached them with the thought that they all were experiencing the same thing. But it was very quick that I learned that that wasn't necessarily the case, that people were caught up in their fears, their anxieties, their emotions, their mind, their bodies, their concerns about what other people are thinking about them or whatever it might be. And as I observed that, both with my parents, my brother, and then those around me as I began to grow up and to observe all this, I began to realize that I was living a little bit of a a separation. I was having a hard time involving myself and participating with others because of where I was coming from. That place where I was coming from was very simple very real, very true inside of me, that place where the loving dwells, where the light of the soul illuminates the consciousness, where wisdom and understanding and peace and joy are all one and the same, and it's a divine breath, a divine movement inside that comes into expression and experience through the body and through all the other levels of consciousness, But as I looked around outside and watched all these other people in the world, I discovered that they weren't doing it that way. They were doing something very, very different. And at five, six, seven, eight years old, I didn't have the vocabulary to really explain to people what was going on. I didn't really have the mental understanding of what was taking place inside of me to be able to share it with others. And when I attempted to, what they would do is reinterpret it for me and put it back on me with their interpretation, which was their truth. And I found that over time, I would begin to take on their truth in order to be able to participate, to be able to join in or to belong to. And after a while, I became very confused. For I had my experience, my truth that I was living that I knew to be real inside of me. And then I had all these other truths that were just sort of hanging in my consciousness that people had given me. And that I had taken and accepted and brought in because I realized that if I didn't have those and I didn't use those, I had no way to really connect to the world outside of myself. Because they were relating to the world in a very different manner than I knew how to relate. When I came in as a child, I saw God in everyone and in everything. Very soon, as I began to share that, I began to be told that that's wrong, that's not true, that's your imagination, and so many other things that became a truth that was given to me to live other than my own, by others. And I found that one way to survive in this world was to take those truths and utilize them so that you can have conversation, you can have participation with others in the world and not live in separation. And for a while that worked. And I found that I could kind of keep everything in an orderly manner in my consciousness I knew my truth I was living my truth inside my relationship with God was very strong, very real and ongoing from moment to moment, breath to breath and I could use all these other elements of consciousness that had been placed with me as truth to be able to participate in the world and not look so strange and not be so disconnected. And for a while that worked. But as I began to grow up and want to participate more and more with friends and relatives and school and, and everything else in my life, I began to get them confused. And I began to live more other people's truths that had been placed with me given to me by others and began to lose sight of my own. Reason being is I found that it was painful to be living other people's truths and denying my own. And so it was easier for me as I was growing up at 10, 11, 12 years old to just ignore my truth and take on and live more of the truths that had been given to me to live. Judgment, fear, anger, frustration, all these things that the world was telling me, this is how you live here, this is how you do here, this is how you survive here, this is how you succeed here. And as I did that, I began to just turn away from, not give attention to, my own truth, my own experience, my own awareness that I had when I was a child. And for a while that even worked. But as I was growing up still more, all of a sudden one day I realized I was in pain. I was hurting. I was angry. I was frustrated. And I stopped and I wondered how did I get here? What happened that I am now living in this pain where before I could remember that I lived in joy? I lived in peace. I lived in oneness where I could look up and I could see the divine light inside. And in that divine light, I could truly hear the songs of praise to God. I could see the radiant light of my own soul, and I could hear the sound current of the Holy Spirit calling to my soul to come present, stay awake, stay in the divine flow of the loving that is the soul. When I was 18, I had just graduated from high school, I had gotten my first job in the world. And at work, my boss was giving me all these new truths by which I had to live. The workplace was defining me, giving me boundaries by which I had to live in, giving me definitions by which I am to express and be, An experience in this place and that I could not be anything other than that. And I remember driving home one day after work just in turmoil because I had been given so many different levels of truth throughout my life from outside and at first it was pretty easy to keep them straight but now with all these other new things being added unto me, I was finding it to be a great burden. And the thing that stirred it, and I will always appreciate this one boss I had, the thing that stirred it to begin the change was as I was walking out to my car after work, he came out to me and he said, I just want to share with you something. This will help you to, to really make it here uh, and, and, and maybe get a good career going for yourself. And so I said, okay, what? And he said, what you have to do is you have to give up yourself and live what we need of you. You've got to give up yourself and become what we want. And then you'll be very successful and you can make a lot of money here or wherever you go. And wherever you go, you're gonna have to give up a part of yourself in order to take on what needs to be done. And as I was driving home, all of a sudden, hearing that I've gotta give up a part of myself was a key phrase. And I remember it was a lot of traffic, And I just pulled over to the side of the road and stopped. And sat there. And I just started crying. That was like the last piece of information I needed. All I have to do is give up a part of myself. Well, I had given up a lot of myself already by taking on all these other truths and trying to live them all and keep them organized within myself. And this last bit of truth that was given to me about giving up myself, giving up a part of myself, made me realize that I had forgotten something. I had forgotten a part of myself that was the true self, that was my truth. And I just sat there, and I I sat there for a long time, just looking to see what that was that was happening inside of me. What finally made me come to this place? And what was going to be the way for me to get out of it? This pain, this separation, this anxiety, this frustration. And I remember I turned around. After sitting there for a long time, I turned the car around And I went back and I found my boss and he just happened to be walking out to his car. And so I walked up to him and I said, well, I have something I want to share with you. I said, can I make it here if I don't give up a part of myself? Can I make it here if I just be me? And he looked at me and he said, no, you can't. You can't. Nobody here who comes in and, and tries to be themselves can make it here. You've got to change and be what we need of you. You're like clay, and we're going to mold and shape you into what we need of you. And you're to fulfill certain things here and not bring other stuff here of your own self. And I said to him, well, you're probably going to fire me pretty soon because I can't give up a part of myself that way. As a matter of fact, you just helped me to realize that I had forgotten about a part of myself and I'm going to become that again. And he said, well, we'll see how this goes. At least you've given me warning and I've given you warning. Let's see who moves first. Let's see who wins here. So, the next day I went to work. And I went to work with a different attitude. I paid attention. Before, all these truths that had been given to me and hanging in my consciousness, I had started started to incorporate them into my way of life to the point that I was living other people's definitions and I wasn't even aware of it, of what my truth is. I began to weed out all of these things that had been given to me. Wait a minute, I don't believe that. I don't feel that. That's not the way I live my life. That's not how I am. That's not who I am in this world. And I began to just kind of bring them back out of myself into awareness but realizing well that's not me and that's not me and that's not who I am and that's not how I want to be and as I began to lift those things out quickly quickly my own truth that I knew as a child just blossomed just exploded inside and I had joy and whenever that joy wasn't there I knew what was happening and that was I was going back into somebody else's definition and living it. And all I had to do was look back into that place where the simplicity and the joy was and live that. So I went to work that next day beginning the great experiment. I was going to rediscover and reclaim my truth that I had forgotten by taking on all these other people's truths. And as I did, I found over the days and the weeks of working there that people really liked me. They liked my joy. They liked my simplicity. They liked my loving. They wanted to work with me. They wanted me to be a part of their team. And I would have people tell me, what time are you coming in tomorrow? Be sure to come over here and work with us today. Don't go over there, come over here. And finally one day, my boss came to me as I was leaving work and he said, okay, so what are you doing? And I said, what? What am I doing? What am I doing? What do you mean? And he says, Why are all these people fighting over you? Why do all these people want you in their team? I've never seen anybody being fought over by different groups before. What are you doing? And I said, I'm not giving up my truth. I'm not giving up a part of myself. I'm reclaiming a part of myself that I had lost and I had forgotten. And I'm going to live that now. And everybody can see it at some level inside themselves and they want it in their life. And that's why they keep wanting me there because I remind them of something that they have forgotten and that they hope that they can remember once again. And he said, well, I'll tell you what, I think you win because I want you on my team as well. I don't know what it is, I don't know what this is about you, but I want you on my team. And that means I want you to stay at this store and I want you to work here with all these people and let's see what can happen. Maybe I'm going to learn something. The next day, we all sat down in a meeting and he said to everybody that morning, it was six o'clock in the morning, Before we opened the store, six o'clock in the morning, we would meet every Thursday and have a, a meeting, talking about what had been happening during the week and what was to come. And instead, he said, I want to talk to you all about something. I've told you all, and I've made you all, in some way or another, give up a part of yourself to live a definition, a way of business. That this place has told me I was to tell you to live by. Forget it. I want you to bring yourself to this place. I want you to live this truth of who you are in this place. And let's see what we can do. And let's see if we can be more successful than we are doing it the old way. It was amazing. Two months later, the store was making more money than ever before. The manager loved it because he all of a sudden got great recognition from those above him. Like, what are you doing? What happened? And we had customers coming in, wanting to be there, wanting to participate with the energy of the place. They found a sense of of peace and joy and loving and caring. Not in a spiritual religious sense, but in a heartfelt sense. A true sense of being that stirred inside of them just as those that I worked with were stirred by mine and wanting me to participate in their group. So the customers were coming in wanting to participate with our endeavor, our action of being true to ourselves. And it was a great reality, an awakening for me, at the age of 18, 19 years old, to once again truly reclaim my truth and to begin to live that simplicity that I knew as a child and to let go of all these other things that had been placed with me. It's so funny because my mind wants to say, put upon me. And I have to keep telling myself, no, it was just placed on me. I put it upon myself. I took it in. I incorporated it into myself. They didn't put it on me. They just placed it with me to see if I wanted to use it. So, I found very quickly... My joy. And the way I did it was simply by staying present. Present in the moment. Ever looking for that place where joy or peace or gratitude or whatever it might be that is stirring inside of me that allows me to live more into that place of simplicity that is my soul. And if we can pay attention to every moment of our lives and that's a challenge to do but the more we can pay attention to every moment of our lives we'll begin to see a movement of joy of gratitude a different approach to life than we might have ever known before and it's that that we want to hold on to and move with to begin to reclaim our own truth. I remember how I got to that place of joy at the age of 18. When I was nine years old, my parents finally gave in and said, okay, you can have a dog. And it just so happened my best friend down the street their Cocker Spaniel was going to have puppies, and so I was going to get one of them. And when the puppies were born one night, on a very stormy, dark night, they called me down to witness the birth. And I went down the street, watched the, babies be, the puppies being born. And they said, okay, in six weeks you can come back and you can pick out the one you want. We'll let you pick out the first. And then we'll, we'll handle getting rid of the others. And so I watched them growing up and watched them growing up a little bit. And six weeks, I came back and they said, now, which one do you want? And I remember very clearly picking up, there was five of them, <clears throat> picking up one at a time and just holding it in front of me and looking at it. And when I picked up this one, I just went into joy. It was like instant connection and the joy was there and that is my reference to joy all I have to do is visualize holding up that puppy and the joy comes in and when I was sitting there in the car at the age of 18 driving home from work and realizing I don't want to give up a part of myself what is this? I was really getting angry and frustrated and didn't know if I wanted to keep the job. And I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I realized, golly, I remember I used to be a lot happier and there was joy in my life and there was peace and it was simple. They're making life so hard. What is this with the world? Why does my life have to be so hard now? Is this what growing up is all about? Well, that's what my dad told me. That's what my boss was telling me. That's what my brother told me, who was 13 years older than me and working in the world. That's what goes with the territory of growing up. Well, I didn't want to grow up then. I sat there in the car saying, I don't know if I want to grow up. And in that very moment, as I was looking to try to find how to reconnect to my own joy and bring it up again, all of a sudden, in my mind's eye, I saw this little puppy, Cocker Spaniel, and my hands holding it up in the air. And joy just came present. And and then I remembered that experience. I had forgotten all about it. But when I asked for joy to come present, that's how... It came present. And that's was, that became my reference point. And every time I found myself out of my joy, out of my simplicity, out of my loving, I just visualized that once again, and instantly it was present. We each have a means by which to get back into that place of our loving, of our truth. We knew it back then, somewhere. We knew it as a child. And we have a reference point to it. It may have been just one moment of all of this lifetime that we knew it, but we knew it. And there's a reference point to it. The easiest way to connect back into it is to begin letting go of the body, Consciousness and all that makes the body consciousness up. And that means sitting down and meditating, sitting down in a prayerful state, whatever you might call it, and holding your attention into that place of simplicity inside where the loving dwells. And then let your truth rise up from within itself. And you'll find a reference point Maybe it was a time under a Christmas tree. Maybe it was a time on a birthday party or a train or a puppy or a bird or whatever it might have been in your life that brings loving and joy present. Find what that is and use that as a tool. Use that as a means by which to connect it more and more into your daily life where you live the truth of who you are rather than living the truths of everybody else. You know, I've given all those truths back to people. I've given them back to my mom and my dad and my brother and my teachers and ministers and friends and the parents of friends. I've given all those truths back with loving. I just thank you, thank you for giving that to me. It really served me. But I'm not doing that anymore. I'm doing me. Thank you very much, though. And I give it with loving so that that loving goes and that bit of truth that I'm giving back to them with loving will assist them and maybe connecting back into their own simplicity as well. Don't push these things away, release them in loving. And then you're free. So that's it for the day, for me. That's my truth, my experience. Okay, thank you. you. We'll we'll be gone for a little while. We'll be back September, I don't know what the first Sunday is that we're going to be back, but we get back about the the 10th or 11th of September. Uh, September 14th. Okay. And until then, Bill, Tom, and Laura will be here doing uh, seminars with the CDs and meditation and all. So please come, participate. It's a way to keep the energy alive for yourself and for the community. And I think that those that are coming have really found it to be very beneficial. It is important to be amongst like-mind, because by doing so, it just renews us, it refreshes us, it centers us, and it allows us then to carry that on into the rest of the day and the rest of the week. And then if you meditate every day, you just find that that continues on much easier throughout the week, into the next, into the next, and your life just becomes once again a connective flow of loving in a very simple way. All right. Well, thank you all, and we'll see you in a few weeks.